What's good, Divine Pill fam? I'm about to fall asleep. It is freaking 5 o'clock in the morning, but I want to place this here. I want to put this up as a placeholder, a reminder for myself. Um, but I want I, I can see that we need to deal with some nuances. Um, I do adamantly, 100% unequivocally believe that white people need to pay reparations. Um, just in case, in case there was any uncertainty about that. When I have made statements about how, to me, the way I see it, like, <laughs> I live in a white neighborhood. So I'm not going to pop off on these people because they don't pay my, my mortgage. They don't pay, you know, anything as it pertains to me. One thing they will not do, and I was going to do a podcast on this too, is get in my face. That's what you're not going to do. Now, that being said, you know, when we get into these arguments online and clickety-clickety-clack and they're, you know, trying to get in my face, they go home to their bed and the system is still in their favor, right? So I can drag them for fails, give them verbal tongue lashing, but at the end of the day, it's like the system is still in their favor. I also, you know, and this is good for me too, because I'm learning to make sure I'm hitting all of the the points that I need to when I say certain things, because when I say I have, um, I'll, I'll say this, when I, I had said earlier that I have a gripe with white people in the sense that when there's police brutality and you keep silent, that's a problem. That is a problem. Okay? Um, so, yeah, that's that's the way that I, I see things. I don't know if that's black and white or if it's too much gray area, but it, it comes down to, you know, if... <laughs> I could be petty, but some people to me, it's like, I don't even want to see you in my face because you're nothing to me. Like you don't have any value is the way that I look at it. I'll prefer to um, look for and elevate people that can pass legislation that I need to, to, to. So when I get in your face and I go home, I'm not, you know, my house is not undervalued. You know what I'm saying? So that's the distinction. Like my neighbors, out of all of us, our house is going to be the one that's undervalued. When the appraiser comes to my house, it's my house that's going to be, you know, going affect the rest of the market rates. Um, I will say that, you know, dealing with white people is a whole other issue because I think that they have certain privileges. I know that they know they have the privileges, but it's comfortable for them to go day to day. And so then it's, it's, it's a lot to to clear up, right? Because it's things like when you go to work, Uh, another nuance that I wanted to deal with too is, is it's a little bit different because I think I'm, I'm coming out of these, um, scenarios, but, um, where white people are also responsible right now, one-on-one in present day situations. Cause I think that there's reparations. Absolutely. You owe and the children's children. owe. 
I'm not even, you know, we will come back and circle to that. Um, but like I said, me fighting you online is not going to fix anything. You're just a POS to me type of a thing. Now, when it comes to current day, when it comes to hiring practices, how you treat each other on a job, when you see your coworkers being discriminated against and you don't say anything, that's what I say. I have a gripe with, with white people too. You're either the one that's practicing the um, racist statements or racist practices at work. I have seen them. I have lived them myself, working in a Christian institution myself, working in a quote unquote Christian. And, but then I have come to learn too. Um, I remember thinking like, oh, you're Christian. You're not supposed to be racist. False. Christian is racist. It's the whole system is about white supremacy. So you're doing exactly what you need to as a Christian, right? So once I I cleared that up, it's like, now I understand when you're being racist, that's exactly what your religion is set up to do. That and or the white supremacist system that you're in. So that's the best way I can explain my stance on things. But to me, I, I mean, when I tell you I look down on like white trailer trash or impotent people who can't do nothing, that's one thing. But at the same time, like I do feel that they are responsible for reparations and um, for any racist acts and behaviors. I think that they also were too comfortable in not speaking up about like police brutality or, um, you know, things such as redlining or things. So it's, it's like, um, part of what, you know, and I'm flushing this out. I think that this is not going to be, you know, I'm not going to solve everything in a, in a 30 minute podcast. Um, but it's, it's when you absolve yourself of accountability, right? When you think that your silence, you know, um, if, if, if there's anything I'm going to quote from Martin Luther King, it's like, I'm going to remember the silence of people who said they were my friends, you know, and I saw that, especially a lot on the job at work. And, and yeah, I could go on and on and on too. You know, we talk a lot about how um, Black and Brown Alliance, I've never, ever experienced that in my life. I think that's hogwash. Um, there's this whole thing like about feminists, the, the same teachers that taught me about feminism. Um, when I tell you one of the most difficult women I have ever dealt with, I have dealt with several but one of the most difficult white women I have ever dealt with was my religion teacher that taught us about feminism. And when I tell you she gave me hell, I was a student, paid my tuition and everything, and then ended up working at the same institution. When I tell you she gave me hell, oh, she gave me hell. <laughs> she went out of her way, the motherfucker retired. And went out of her way to continue to aggravate me five years after she left. Like, she would just pick up her phone and go out of her way to just, you know, drag me. Like, and it, and it is for unnecessary stuff. Completely unnecessary stuff. And so it'd be things like trying to say stuff to get me fired from my job, like... 
So to me, there is no really alliance with between black women and white women. Um, there is no black and brown alliance. Um, I've already shared with you the story about I have one of those friends that she'll always be talking about all the injustices, but she'll always throw and brown in there and brown in there. And one day I had a checker. I was like, listen, there is no black and brown alliance. One time we were at a, um, a nice restaurant and I said, she likes wine. I've shared the story with you before. She's like, um, black and brown. I'm like, there's no black and brown. She's looking at me. I'm looking at her. I'm like, can you tell me one example of where you've heard a brown person say, you know, when they're trying to get bills passed and advocating and on, you know, making comments on, on TV or on the radio, and they say, you know, in the Latino community or the brown community, we're going through this, but we need to make sure that there's um, protections and there's not discrimination against black and brown. Not a once, never, once, never. And like I said, she likes wine. So I said, listen, because she had ordered some wine, right? I said, I will buy you a bottle of wine if you can pull up something or name one person. Her eyes got big. I said, you know what? I will buy you a $500 bottle of wine. It doesn't even have to be from this restaurant. If you can pull up one source. So we're going and she's like speechless this whole time. So now I'm really like going in. Oops, hold on. Even my um laptop wants to go to sleep and I Alright. So then um right when we finished up the conversation, I was like, listen, as I I'm dead ass serious about this. I was like, I will get you a a one thousand dollar bottle of wine and I'm looking at her dead in her eyes I will get you a thousand dollar bottle of wine we could google it search it whatever if you can show me one person one person or a recording or a video of a brown person that has ever said and you know the funny thing is as I'm saying this too like I said you know I think that a lot of us, especially black women, we've been sold this whole like sisterhood thing. And, you know, but even when you look at what happened with Breonna Taylor, I don't, I didn't see any white women. I didn't see any white women um, speaking out about what was happening with her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they can just miss me with all of that. But I think what I, my point is, and I understand that all of us have different facets and ways of looking at it. I'm always willing to ascend to the next level and refine my arguments. But my whole thing too, I it can be a little bit petty. Like to me, it's just some people that are beneath me. Like, I'm not going to talk to you because you can't do shit for me. Like, you know, you going off on me online or whatever, my neighbors, they're not going to do shit. Like, I think I understand how the system works. I think that some of the pushback that maybe I could see to my argument right now and I can, I have time to research and understand things a little bit better um, and moving forward. But my whole thing is like, is it, I've asked this before, but it's like, is it too simplistic to think that 
we can find somebody in our community, some young person in our community that we can fund them, put them through law school with the understanding that they're going to, you know, fight for anything that has to do with, you know, reparations and things that have to do with redlining or different issues in the, in the, in the um, community, right? Um, and is it possible that we can proactively identify young people in our communities and fund everything that they need with the understanding that they're absorbing information and everything around them with the premises that we're going to prop them up to fight for, you know, legislation in areas that affect redlining and that affect um, um, police brutality and affect um, all of these other systems that are in place. I don't know. Maybe I'm too simplistic. After all, I could be just a stupid black broad, you know, let the black men in my community tell it. But, you know, that's the way I look at it. So that's what I mean when I say I'm not going to go off. And, and so it's things like, for example, the landscape of even like who's on my Facebook, just to give an idea, I, and who I associate with. I don't even consider myself associating with white people in the sense of like, there was a time where I would have like that token white friend or something like that. Um, but it's to the point where I'm not in a place where I'm not even in a workplace where I have to be around them anymore. Um, and unfortunately, like one of the last people I took off from my Facebook, it was one of those things she didn't understand police brutality. Um, and just taking inventory of, of those type of things. I'm not going to go into some of the other nuances that, um, as it pertains to the black community, because this podcast is more so about just clarifying my stance on, you know, do white people owe reparations? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, since I am going a little bit over, you know, over in time, I, I kind of, I'm still sleepy, but I will address this because this is the way I look at it. As as somebody who was in, you know, did their grad school in, in human resources, um, and even as somebody who was employed, I don't know how it is in the other 50 states. I'm being a little petty, but in California, we have labor laws where it is illegal for you to withhold a check for someone for labor for what they did. And the reason I know is because one of my black male supervisors tried to withhold my check from, from me. And HR had to call him and tell him that he cannot withhold my check for the work I had already done. Right. So when you start to talk about labor and the free labor that was, you know, a lot of the companies and insurance companies and um, like railroad companies and banks and everything having to do with stocks and bonds and companies. When you talk about all of the labor that went in, guess what? You got to cut the check, right? How is it we're in 2022? You can look up your labor laws in your, in your, um, for your state. It's illegal for you to withhold, um, payment for labor so the whole idea that you can get free labor and think you're going to get away with it and just giggle about it yeah no f you okay that's how i feel about it 
And so, you know, it, it, and so then, so then this is what I think is perfect and what is coming to my mind when I'm thinking about these things behind the scene. If you consider yourself to be a good person, I'm not even going to say Christian because I already told you I know how Christians get down, right? They're part of the KKK. You know, they would Catholicize their the slaves before they came here on a boat, whatever, what have you, right? So I know how Christians get down. But if you would consider yourself to be a good person, you would start to say, well, that's true. If this person's family, you know, like it, I've used an example, like if my dad worked for the 40 years, 40 hours, not home with his children, right? Um, and he didn't get paid, you would see that there's something wrong with that, or I would hope that you would see something's wrong with that. And so now you have the different levels of white people that will either try to justify that there, you know, there's no need for reparations. You have the white person that, okay, but they, they, they don't see the need for it and they um, advocate and they are vocal about it, that's the ones that I have my problem with. Maybe that should have been number three. But you have the person that sees that there's something wrong with it um, and that there needs to be payment, but they don't say anything. It's just as bad as the person who is going out of their way to say, well, I don't have any slaves, um, so I don't have to pay anything for it. The person who is silent and the person who is out here in these streets talking about Black people shouldn't be getting rep- reparations, those are both problems. And I think that's part of the, the nuance that I wanted to deal with. And that's my gripe. But at the end of the day, both of them bitches, you know, one's not saying anything and one's saying something. And me getting an argument with either one of them, they're both beneath me at this point, Right. One of my things that I try to do every day is I try to make sure that I'm going to out earn and make more money than any white person in my community, man or woman. Like, that's that's for one. Okay, that's for one. And I'm working on it to where I don't have to, you know, send my resume out to anybody or ask any of these people for money. Because I already know what it's like. I've already done my due service. You know what I'm saying? So, but with that being said, I, I, I need to understand one of the things that Malcolm X said was black people are not politically mature. And another thing that I've also shared in another podcast was, you know, I understand why part of the nine to five grind is so lethal because even myself, before the pandemic hit, I was coming home 12 midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Um, in some instances, working two jobs or working my nine to five and then working in other sectors to build up my own business and brand to where I didn't have time to be checking out, you know, when Biden's calling, you know, news reporters, stupid sons of bitches and doing all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so I was just in a rat race, you know, get up, shower, eat breakfast, get a smoothie, run out, and, uh, ooh, wait, it cut off. I am not going to go back and, you know, listen to where it cut off. I felt like I was going in. I think that this is helpful. Um, 
talking this out. But what I want to end with, if if it already, you know, set this part, then it is what it is. But this is the takeaway. And this is what I say mean when I say I have a gripe with white people. I feel like the person who um, understands that reparations are owed um, and is silent is just as bad as the person who is in these streets um, saying um, and vocalizing and out on the front line saying that they don't owe, you know, reparations. That's a problem to me. And I think both of those are problems. Um, and then what I was just going to end up wrapping up saying was, at the end of the day, both of them are piece, you know, like pieces of like POSs to me, right? So because they can't do anything for me. Um, and so I was kind of just talking about how um, one of the things that Malcolm X said was Black people are not politically mature. And I was talking about how, you know, I used to, before the pandemic, work and, you know, be working until 12 midnight, 11 midnight, and caught in the rat race of trying to, you know, do my nine to five and then work on on my side business and working with clients and sending out emails and caught up in, in the day-to-day routine that I'm not there to see and hear and pay attention when, you know, Biden's calling reporters sons of bitches and all of this, right? And paying attention to the political landscape and who the, you know, superior court judge is going to be for, or Supreme Court judge for um, appointments and who's legislating what and what laws are being passed. But I got time today. I got time today. And, um, and so that's part of where I can understand if there's pushback that I'm being naive about how the system works, but it's the whole idea that like, okay, if you tell me that we can find people in our community that we can support and fund that are going to be pro, you know, the things that we need in our community to get the legislation passed, I kind of have an idea too, that it's probably just not that simple. I don't know how much to what degree it means that the black community has to be more united in its front but um but yeah that's that's what I mean when I say that I have there's nuances for me to deal with um and so yeah I don't see myself dealing with white people really I have had um I have had um, white people who understood and um, played their role in making sure that there wasn't discrimination on their end um, and or um, employed me. I've only had one black male boss, but the rest were all white um, men and or women. Um, and I'm not sure if it cut off, but I had also mentioned like one of the most racist um, women I dealt with was one of my, um, former professors that was, um, taught us about feminism and how we're supposed to have a sisterhood. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's racist tactics that they use. I could go on and on a little bit more, but I, you know, about the institution and the racist practices that I saw in there. Um, but I think that even within the last, I think with George Floyd is when I started to realize like all the people that I went to school with that were supposed to be quote unquote Christian, 
um, they were silent. They were silent. And that's when I started to put two and two together. Like, yeah, this is a problem. Um, but like I said, and now I, I want to make this clear too. To me, like, I really do see white people below me. I'm not sure if the other part um, um, recorded also. But it's like, my goal right now is just... When I tell you, and I want every black woman, every black um, man that is for black women, right? So I'm making a distinction there and for the black community um, to to find passive means of income so that we don't have to depend on white people and have our hand out to them. But when I tell you my goal is to out earn every single white racist woman in my community, trust and believe, trust and believe, right? When it comes to men, I know that they automatically make um, more. It is a man's world. So, I mean, for me to compete with men, it's on a whole, that's something that I'm distancing myself from, but you better believe that if any, you know, type of Karen or Becky's going to try to step to me, I already know in my bank account, I got several commas and I already, you know, positioning myself to make sure that if I need to, I can banish you in legal ways. Because one of the things I learned and I will, you know, kind of rambling, I'll apologize if some of these things seem like non-sequitur statements. I know, non-sequitur, Google it. Okay. But um, when I was watching Billions, um, it's a show on Amazon Prime, but it was talking about how when you start to see that you start to make moves, like you can get in my face, but let me pick up this phone and show you what to do. Okay. All right. So um, I, that's how I'm viewing things. That's how I'm understanding things. Um, could be a little simplistic, but I, like I said, I got time. I have time today. So if that means, you know, I would look forward to or have, you know, right now I'm just in a place where I'm looking for aligning myself with certain things. So looking into redlining, looking into the initiatives that the Department of Justice is putting forth, finding out what that means for my community and where I live and starting to put myself in position with those conversations. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my stance on white people. All right. Now I'm really going to go to bed. I'm already kind of dreaming about what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow. (laughs) All right.